That was a real good spot. The boys were cooking in this match, okay? Let them cook. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble, the podcast that discusses WCW in the year 2000. I am your host, Angelus Walker, better known as Cyber Angelus X, over on YouTube, but you can call me AJ for short. And on today's episode, we are discussing our first pay-per-view. That is correct, the first pay-per-view of WCW in the year 2000. And of course, I'm talking about WCW sold out, and I am so excited to finally be able to discuss this show. I'm just getting done with my notes so i wanted to jump right in because this was this was a pay-per-view okay this we got some good stuff to talk about in this okay but before we get to it one thing i did want to discuss with you guys earlier this week i believe actually news broke that Impact Wrestling is actually going back to their original name, TNA, and that just that just brings so much joy and just so much warmth to my heart because I've always, for the most part at least, called them TNA, and now that they're officially going back to that, ooh, I can't wait. Now, I have not watched Impact in quite a while, but because they are going back to that TNA name, that might be what draws me back in. If I'm being honest, we might have to sit and talk about some TNA stuff here later on down the line, especially TNA in 2010. Ooh, wee, that had big WCW in 2000 vibes, but we're going to get to that. That might be something like a a season two thing if if we we get to that point. So stay tuned for that and keep on the lookout. You know, I've got a couple things that I want to talk about here on the podcast and TNA definitely, definitely is one of them. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to waste any more time. So grab your popcorn, grab those NWO shirts And you already know what we're going to do. We're going to pop a cold one because Tuesdays are for the boys. And with that being said, let's jump into WCW Sold Out from 2000. So the show kicks off. It just starts. No hype package or anything. It just starts. (laughs) We're in the Florida of the North, as I like to call it, Ohio. Um, Cincinnati, specifically. Love this set. Absolutely love this set. I pretty much love all the sets that WCW had throughout their tenure. Commentary says they just found out about the injuries of Bret Hart and Jeff Jarrett. It then shows a couple of highlights detailing what happened. It shows the kick from Goldberg that Bret Hart took back at Starcade in December. And it shows Jeff Jarrett somehow getting a concussion from the headbutt that Chris Benoit gave him from the top of the cage this past Monday night on Nitro. 
The triple threat theater match is now given to the Revolution and the Filthy Animals. And apparently, earlier on in the day, the Revolution took out Conan, so he's not going to play a factor in this matchup. And so, the triple threat theater match is now Billy Kidman pretty much running the gauntlet. And in his first match, he goes up against Dean Malenko in a catch-as-catch-can match. His second match is a bunkhouse brawl match against Perry Saturn. And then in the third and final match, if he can make it that far, he will go up against the mystery partner that the Revolution has been talking about for the past couple of weeks. The matchup graphics look like a PS1 game, and honestly, I am A-OK with that. It then goes to commentary, and they give us a rundown of what we can expect to see on tonight's pay-per-view. The card is as follows. What was originally supposed to be Vampiro versus Crowbar is now a three-way match between Crowbar, Vampiro, and David Flair. Why is this happening? Apparently, David Flair and Crowbar attacked Vampiro earlier in the night. They attacked him, yet after they got done with their attack, Vampiro was still standing. Okay, okay, sure. We can also expect to see Kevin Nash versus Terry Funk in a hardcore match with the commissionership of WCW on the line. DDP versus Buff Bagwell in a last man standing match. Stevie Ray versus Booker T. Medusa versus Oklahoma for the Cruiserweight Championship. Norman Smiley versus Fit Finley versus Brian Knobs versus Ming in a four the hard way match for the hardcore championship. Tank Abbott and Jerry Flynn will look to settle their differences. The Italian mob will take on the Harris brothers. And in the new main event, because Bret Hart is out with an injury, and Jeff Jarrett is also out with an injury, Chris Benoit will go up against Sid Vicious to crown a new WCW heavyweight champion. So the first matchup is Kidman, don't call him Billy, versus Malenko. The boys can't go outside the ring, otherwise they lose. And, well, this match, honestly, lasted about as long as it takes to finish a cup of coffee. This one did not go too long because Dean Malenko rolled to the outside of the ring, probably forgetting that he can't do that. And so this match was over in relatively short fashion. Commentary wants to make sure that you understand that Kidman has to wrestle three times tonight. They say that the match is over, but Dean Malenko and Everyone else other than the ref has no idea what's going on. It really was a quick match, not gonna lie. They, I'm assuming they didn't want them, Kidman specifically, to expend too much energy because they knew that he was gonna have the other two matches. And the match between him and Saturn, honestly, it was the best match on the card. We then get a recap of what happened this past Wednesday night on Thunder. Here's a random shot of the crowd because reasons. <laughs> we then get a recap for David Flair and Crowbar, how those two came to be. David Flair apparently was just at a fueling station and was just like, hey, now you don't. Crowbar is literally like, they call me Crowbar. <laughs> if you say so, brother. Vampiro then has an interview, which gets interrupted by Masahiro Chono, of all people. We then get an interview from Mean Gene, who's here interviewing David Flair, Crowbar, and Daphne. Whoa, we're unhinged. And then we get the three-way match between Vampiro, Crowbar, and David. Crowbar comes out and yeets the belt. Like, not even kidding. This man comes through the corner. He, corner. 
This man comes from behind the curtain and is like, all right, see ya now. <laughs> and the belt just takes flight. David then gets in the ring and tries to attack Vampiro, but fails. Crowbar does the same. David, pretty much throughout this match, really is just hanging out. And then we pretty much get the same spot that we got this past Wednesday night on Thunder, where Vampiro has David in a rock bottom position on the floor, and then Crowbar comes flying over the top of the senton. Crowd chants, David sucks, and I agree. Vampiro delivers a nice-ass looking superplex that was mwah, chef's kiss. David and Crowbar then beat up Vampiro for a little bit. They get a couple of good shots in. Crowbar goes for a powerbomb, but then loses him. Not sure what happened there. Vamp starts to get a comeback and then drops David head over heels with a backdrop suplex. Da- Woo! David ate that suplex. Not gonna lie, that was a mean-ass looking back suplex. David then eventually rebounds, and then he goes for a figure four lock with the woo. Woo! David has Vamp in the figure four, but then Crowbar goes for a slingshot splash, covers Vamp, and then David pulls him off by the hair, and it's pretty much like, the hell are you doing, bro? Crowbar then shoves David. Daphne gets in the ring and tries to break it up. David shoves her out of the way and back suplexes Crowbar. He then gets up, gives some smooches to Daphne, and then gets rolled up by Vampiro, but Daphne, who's still in the ring, breaks it up. Crowbar comes back and goes for a Frankensteiner, but Vampiro counters into a powerbomb. Daphne comes back into the ring, and Vamp grabs her and puts her in the corner, but then David comes charging in, and Vamp has Spidey Sense or something because he's able to get out of the way. David splashes Daphne in the corner. Vampiro then grabs David and hits the nail in the coffin to get the three count. We then see Buff Bagwell arriving. And it transitions to Mean Gene interviewing the Italian mob. And if you don't know who I'm referring to whenever I say the Italian mob, specifically I'm talking about Vito, Johnny the Bull Stamboli. I don't even know if he had that last name. That might have just been a WWE thing, honestly. But he's Johnny the Bull here. And disco fever, disco fever, disco fever, yeah, 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 yeah. They say they're going to take care of the Harris brothers, Italian style, and got a ghoul, motherfucker. And then it goes to the next match, and it's the Italian mob versus the Harris boys. Aren't these just the disciples of Apocalypse dudes from the WWF? Big Italian energy here for Vito, Johnny, and Disco Fever. When Johnny... <laughs> so the match starts. Johnny gets a couple of shots in. DOA gets a couple of shots in. One of the Harris boys, I don't know who it is. I can't tell them apart, honestly. They send Johnny off into the buckle. And the way that Johnny feeds into the corner, he's like, wee. Like, <laughs> he just flies into the corner, wee. Vito's not in a dress here, so automatically this match is garbage. Vito and Ron Harris. Ron ha- so I, the way that I have it in my notes, I have elbow pad in parentheses so I can tell who's who. So Ron Harris is the one that has the elbow pad. 
So Ron and Vito are in the ring. Vito opens Ron's legs while he's laying on the mat. And he looks like he's going to go for like a headbutt to the wiener or something. But instead, he starts thrusting quite vigorously. And then he drops an elbow on the jewels. Somebody's randomly yelling in this match. I have no idea who. The Harris boys whoop ass for a little bit. And it sounds like there's a DOA chant, but I can't really tell. Don goes for the pin on Johnny, but Vito breaks it up and audibly says, Fuck you too, piece of shit. And Ron took that personally because he gloms him from behind as Vito's exiting the ring. Ron then goes to the outside with him, throws him into a ring post, and th- this is this sets up for the ending segment of the matchup. So Ron goes up to deliver a double pile driver because Don has him in position. Vito comes back and shoves Ron off the ropes, crotches him on the top rope. Vito goes up and then Disco Fever shoves Vito off in like a cross body type position. I, I, I guess Vito was just like, ah, I'll work with it. So he goes for a cross body, lands on Don, and then Vito pins Don for the win. Vito wasn't even legal. <laughs> the illegal man got the pinfall. Next up, we see Medusa and Spice backstage. Spice is the 2000s looking lady that apparently hangs out with Medusa. And now it's time for the Cruiserweight Championship match. Oklahoma comes out first, cuts a males or dominant promo, says it may surprise you and I'm not an athlete. And Mike on commentary says, shocking. Uh, I love the little comebacks that they have on commentary, like replying to the wrestlers' promos. Top tier. So Oklahoma then goes on to say, bounce them silicon hoops out here so I can bounce them back to the kitchen where they belong. Insane fucking line here. We then get Spice and Medusa making their way out to the ring. Spice's hair looks like the year 2000. Medusa's music sounds like the year 2000. And then Medusa gets into the ring and she starts letting loose on Oklahoma. Medusa goes for a splash in the corner but misses as Oklahoma falls down. She falls face first onto his wiener. I don't know if Oklahoma falling while she was coming in for the splash I don't know if that was intended to happen. If it was, cool. If not, oof. Regardless, it looked kind of sloppy. Oklahoma then heads to the outside to get a bottle of barbecue sauce that he brought with him out to the ring. Spice then grabs it, and Oklahoma looks like he's going to hit her. But then Asia comes out of nowhere, attacks Oklahoma from behind in full view of the referee, they both then throw him back into the ring, and he pulls a part of Medusa's gear down, and then rolls her up, and gets the win. What? So then we get Asia and Spice attacking Oklahoma. They then hold him in position on the outside, like held up against the apron, and Medusa then pours barbecue sauce into his singlet, smacks it, 
and then grabs the Cruiserweight Championship and pretty much just whips him with it. We then get Mean Gene interviewing hardcore champion Brian Nobbs. Love this hardcore championship. I might get me a replica. Not entirely sure, but I love the design of this. So all the combatants make their way out to the ring. Match starts, and everyone's in the corner. So Ming, Nobbs, and Finley are all in the corner, going away at each other. Ming eventually gets the upper hand, taking out Nobbs and Finley. Smiley is in the opposite corner, and he has a trash can, and he can't figure out who he wants to hit. He's like, I don't know who to hit. Eventually, he walks over to the corner. Gloms Ming in the head with a trash can who no-sells it. And then Ming kicks the trash can back into the face of Smiley. The match goes out into the crowd eventually. Nobs is knocked out on the ground. Smiley then nudges Nobs with his foot. And then he picks... <laughs> and then he opens Nobs' legs. And then he drops a headbutt to the wiener. Second match in a row... We're just attacking the willies, apparently. He then stands back up, and he's like, I do my little dancey dance. And he has a nightstick, and he goes up to the second rope, and he looks like he's going to come off in the double axe handle position. But then he come, when, he, when he comes down, Brian Nobbs has the riot shield, and he's like, I think not. So then Smiley eats a riot shield to the face. Nobbs then goes into the cover, and he just wins. Bit of a flat finish, if I'm being truthful, but we had a lot of good things in the match. It's now time for the Bunkhouse Brawl match. Saturn comes out, and this man's traps are just insane looking. The bell rings, but you can barely hear it. Saturn crotches Kidman on the top rope. He runs, and he does a spring off the ropes the way... Jericho would do in a, in a similar fashion, but he goes over the top rope while Kidman is crotched on the top rope, and he looks like he goes for, I don't know if it was a forearm or a clothesline or something. I don't know what he was going for, and they even show a replay of it, and I watched it a couple of times, and I still could not figure out what he was trying to do, and throughout this match while I was watching, a, just a random thought popped in my head, and I said, I wonder what happened to Cronus from ECW, because if you follow Saturn's career or if you know anything about that era of wrestling or you just followed along with it at that point in time, before Perry Saturn was in WCW, he was in ECW and he was a part of the Eliminators with Cronus and they had multiple ECW tag team championship reigns, I'm sure. Um, I, I know they had to be at least two or three time tag champs. So I just had that thought in my head. I was like, you know, I wonder what happened to Cronus from, from ECW. And just as I had a thought, where are the weapons for this match? Because they go a good while and there are no weapons involved. And just as I said out loud, where are the weapons in this bunkhouse brawl? Saturn then goes to the outside and he gets a table and I'm ready for this power bomb his ass through the table. So Saturn goes up to the top rope, drops an elbow, macho man style. Saturn then goes for a moonsault, but misses. 
From there, Kidman ducks underneath, slips behind Saturn. I don't even know a way to describe this. Saturn looked like he might have been going for a clothesline or a lariat or something. Kidman just smoother than butter. Smoother than butter. Ducks underneath, slips behind Saturn, only to bounce off the ropes into a bulldog. Kidman was going crazy right here. Going crazy. From there, he then gets Saturn. Saturn comes back up. Saturn Saturn gets back up. And then he immediately gets his ass taken right back down with a sky high. But it only gets a two count. Kidman then sends Saturn off into the buckle. And then bounces back like he wanted to hit a clothesline or a bulldog. But Saturn caught him coming in. And then belly to belly suplexed his ass over the top rope through the table that had been set up earlier. I didn't even see them set up the table, or I just completely forgot it was there. But, ooh, that was a good spot. That was a real good spot. The boys were cooking in this match, okay? Let them cook. Best match on the card so far, without a doubt. Saturn then looks like he wants to powerbomb Kidman off the top rope. And he either loses his balance or Kidman reverses by tossing him off. But either way, it looked kind of sloppy. Saturn then gets back up and kicks Kidman in the midsection. And he goes for a powerbomb, but Kidman reverses coming down, dropping Saturn face first, and then wins. Similar to the last match, the finish kind of came out of nowhere. But you know what? I'll take that. Because we don't really have flash finishes in wrestling. We then get Stevie's back home tour apparently. And then it goes to Mean Gene interviewing Stevie Ray, and he says, Booker, you pretty much forgot where you come from, but here tonight, I'm going to remind that ass. Next up, we get Booker T coming out first, and he cuts a promo, and he says, Stevie, I haven't forgot where I came from, but I know where I'm going, and I know where my foot's going, and it's going straight up your ass, quite frankly. Harlem Heat's music goes crazy. If you ask Stevie Ray, though, the remix is, It's time to get buried. It's time to get buried. It's time to get buried. We then have Stevie versus Booker. Booker has little to no wasted movement, and that is exactly how it should be in wrestling. Everything that he does, it has a purpose. There is no wasted motion with Booker, and I aspire to have that kind of ring generalship, I guess, that, that ring awareness and just the ability to, to just have your, your movements and your moves just flow from segment to segment, from, from spot to spot. Nothing really happens in this match. It's nothing crazy. Nick Patrick with mustache, though, is wild looking. Booker then hits the axe kick and then hits one of the smoothest spinneroonies ever. He hits the bookend and then Ahmed Johnson shows up. And on commentary, they're like, I know who that is. I know. I know who that is. But, you know, in the headset, they're like, don't say his name. So they beat up Booker T, and Stevie Ray says, this is Big T. Big T, Big E, there's a lot of big boys in wrestling. Pause. 
and this is the new Harlem Heat. It then goes to Mean Gene interviewing Sid Vicious, and I want to call him Psycho Sid so bad, but that is <laughs> wrong fed, kid. It then goes to Tank Abbott versus Jerry Flynn. Jerry Flynn's music sounds like something that you would hear on Friends coming back from commercial. Right out of the gate, they start whooping each other's asses in the corner. Tank yeets Flynn out of the corner. They exchange strikes. Flynn goes for a cross arm breaker, but Tank Abbott picks his ass up and drops him like a sack of hot rocks. Tank then does a strike as Jerry Flynn is down and completely whiffs. Uh, it, it doesn't even come close. He then goes for it again and hits him in the back of the head. And the ref raises his arm three times. And Tank wins? I timed this match. And I kid you not, this match was 99 seconds. It then goes to Buff Backwell and DDP's video package. And surprise, surprise, I still don't fucking care about this rivalry, but the match actually was really good. Really good. Really, really good. I actually would recommend this. And almost instantly, as soon as the bell rings, they go to the outside. And so we're just, we're heading for the hills, boys. We're going to go all throughout the bowels of the building. So they actually spend a good portion of the beginning of the match in the crowd, and they make their way over to the WCW internet site. Buff tosses his chain to the commentary team that's over there, and they, they fight over it for a second. They're like, oh, I'll hang on to that. He's like, no, the hell you won't. Gimme, gimme. They grab monitors that's sitting on the table, and they just heave them at each other. They collide midair. DDP hits Buff in the back with a fucking keyboard. I know that hurt like a mother. Buff lays DDP on the table that's over there, climbs the internet set, and then drops an elbow through the table. On commentary, they ask, where is the ref and Bobby seen? Bobby says that I haven't seen him for an hour. They head back to the ring. Buff does his little dancey dance, and DDP says, nah, none of that. Sends him to the buckle, slides underneath, and then crotches him on the post. <laughs> Your stuff ain't gonna be big enough no more. DDP is bleeding from the back after going through the table. Loud DDP chants. He's definitely over with the crowd. Slick Johnson from TNA is here. I didn't even know he was in WCW. And for the next couple of minutes, it's just Slick getting up and down on the apron to do the 10-count the gimmick with the crowd, and he gets the crowd involved. And everybody's having a good time. Honestly, it was a good little spot. Buff hits the blockbuster. DDP gets up. Buff attacks him with a riot baton because... And as DDP is starting to get up, he starts to stagger backwards towards Buff who's leaned up against the ropes, and then he turns towards DDP, like he turns to the side, and then DDP reaches behind him and drops his ass with a diamond cutter. That was a good spot. That's similar to the RKO. It's like DDP can hit the cutter out of nowhere. On commentary, they say they think that Buff held on when DDP went for the cutter, but I'm not entirely sure. It kind of looked like it, but... So then Kimberly comes out, because of course she does, and Buff is the winner. 
Why is Buff the winner? Because apparently DDP tried to get back up and then he just fell in the corner. Okay. <laughs> so Kimberly gets on the apron and Buff is distracted. DDP hits Buff in the lower back with a weapon, lays him out with a couple of strikes, and then Kimberly leaves with DDP. It's now time for the cage match. Shane Douglas comes out. Dude looks like he should have the world championship. And he says, cut the fucking music. And he introduces the mystery partner for, for the revolution. And you think it'd be maybe like a big name in wrestling. Maybe somebody jumping ship. You know, maybe somebody coming over from the WWF. Maybe somebody from New Japan if they still have that working relationship. No. Who is the mystery partner for the revolution? The wall. The wall. The wall. The wall. Why? <laughs> this motherfucker comes out. He looks like a G-man. Dude still looks like Kevin Nash from the 2004 Punisher movie in a right to censor get up. Take your ass to the WWF. The rest of the right to censor over there. Get your censoring ass over there, Jabroni. Unprotected headshot from Kidman in this match. And the wall says, fuck you. The wall is in control for the most part. And Kidman looks blown up. But hey, shit, this is his third match. I'd be blown up too. The wall sets Kidman up thinking maybe a superplex or something, but Kidman reverses with a sunset flip powerbomb from the second rope for a two count. The wall then goes for a choke slam, but Kidman counters into a Frankensteiner. Shmool as butter. Kidman then comes off the top rope and probably going for a flying nothing, but the wall catches his ass and choke slams the fuck out of him. And gets the three count. The wall wins. And so the ultimate payoff for this, the the hype leading up to this for the past couple of weeks, the hype that they had on this show, the two matches that Kidman already went through, congratulations, you get to get fucked over by the wall. Go to the WWF. <laughs> the running theme here, for WCW in 2000 is fuck you, go to the WWF. We're closing up shop in about a year and a half, kid. Next up, we get a video package for Kevin Nash and Terry Funk. Never forget, always and forever, Terry Funk is middle-aged and crazy. They brawl around ringside. Kevin Nash grabs a chair, hits Funk in the back, and then Fuck you, you old bastard. Hits him in the head twice, and Funk audibly drops an F-bomb. You can audibly hear him saying, motherfucker. Kevin Nash says, <laughs> we ain't done, buddy. And then jackknifes his ass through the commentary table. Has there been a bell? I don't know. Why are you asking so many questions? Nash grabs a microphone and says, if you can crawl back into the ring, you can keep your commissionership. So Funk, after a couple of minutes of struggling, is eventually able to get back into the ring. Kevin Nash says, I'm a lion son of a bitch. And then whoops Funk's ass for the next couple of minutes. 
Nash gets a couple of good shots in and then clotheslines Funk over the top rope, but Funk's legs get caught up, and so he's just hanging out for a second. And then eventually, whenever Nash does get him free, he falls head-fucking-first to the outside. Funk just didn't care. He was like, oh, I got to take a crazy-ass bump? Bet. I'll take about three of those and then some. Nash then slides a chair into the ring, and a dude in the crowd says, kill him, Kev. We just take bitches out. And, and that's just fortuity. Nash gets a couple more shots in. Funk then starts yeeting chairs into the ring because fuck it. They then head back in. Nash hits Funk in the back with a chair once again. There's a in-the-face chance. WCW fans are just fucking wild. Nash goes for a headshot, but Funk gets a shot in the midsection in. He then DDTs Kev on the chair. And while they're on their knees... Funk delivers a, a couple of jabs, but then Kev headbutts him. Kevin Nash then hits Funk in the head with a chair twice. And then Funk, somehow able to rebound, says, Fuck you, I've taken harder shots than that in my sleep. So Funk is able to get a little bit of offense going. He then sets up two chairs facing each other. And then he goes to the outside and grabs a third. And the third chair that he has, he sets up in between the two that's facing each other. So it's kind of like a little platform. Funk then grabs Kevin Nash, but then Nash hits him with a low blow. And then Nash says, all right, boy, we're taking her home. And then jackknives Terry Funk through the chairs that set up. Gets the three count. And now Kevin Nash and the NWO are running WCW. We then get a shot of Chris Benoit and Sid Vicious warming up backstage. Scott Hudson interviews Arn Anderson, who stumbles over his words because he's so taken aback from what he saw in the last match, and he's shooketh because Kevin Nash is a new commissioner. And now it's time for the main event. There's a sign that says, Asia is my dad. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. Benoit comes out first. Sid then comes out, and he's, he's got a little extra pep in his step. You know, he's got the strut in his entrance. He's just like, ooh, ooh, I'm going to be a world champ, ooh. Buffer was one of those once-in-a-generation announcers, and I feel like other than the other Buffer dude that's in the UFC, I forgot what his name is. Is it Bruce Buffer? Who the fuck is Bruce Buffer? I think Bruce Buffer is in the UFC. One of those Buffer dudes. I wish we had more announcers like that because they they make the match, the combatants, they make everything so much better. And it gives it that big fight feel. So the match begins. And after a couple of minutes, the locker room starts to, to empty out onto the staging area. And they say on commentary, this is a big deal for everyone. And everyone in the back has a vested interest in this match. They all want to be a part of this and they want to see who the new world champion is going to be. Sid's in control. He does big man power moves. Benoit, though, smartly takes out the knee, chop the tree down. They head to the outside. Benoit positions Sid's knee in between the post and the steel steps and then drop kicks it twice. They then go back into the ring and Benoit locks in a figure four. Woo style. Benoit is now in control. 
keeping Sid on his knees, on the ground and in the corner. Smart strategy by Benoit. This guy in the crowd really likes Sid. Sid eventually is able to fight back. He has a bit of a comeback, but Benoit takes out the legs once again. Benoit then talks to Sid with a couple of Germans. Love Benoit's Germans. He would toss your ass. Benoit then hits the diving headbutt and Sid launches his ass off. Sid then chokeslams Benoit to hell. Sid goes for a pinfall, but Double A stops the the count and he says his foot was underneath the ropes. But mm, I don't entirely know about that. To me, it looked like his foot wasn't underneath the ropes. It could have been, they say that it was, but to me, it didn't look like it was, but I'm not the ref, so judgment call there by Arn Anderson, but he stops the count. He says Benoit's foot is underneath the ropes, so then Sid goes to pick up Benoit, and as he's picking him up, Benoit counters, takes him down by the arm, and gets him into the Crippler crossface, and Sid taps immediately. However, Sid's foot very obviously underneath the rope, and Arn Anderson just ignores it. And the cameraman makes sure that you can clearly see that Sid Vicious's foot is underneath the ropes. Nevertheless, Chris Benoit is your new WCW heavyweight champion. We then get an interview from Mean Gene, who interviews a new champ. And in the interview, Arn Anderson walks up and says, I've never been more proud of you. You absolutely deserve this. And I can't think of anybody who, who deserves it more than you. You are the face of the company. And I am so glad to have you as the world heavyweight champion. His interview then gets interrupted by Kevin Ash. And he says the NWO is coming after the belt. And we're taking over world championship wrestling once again. They say on commentary that Benoit will be face-to-face with the new commissioner tomorrow night on Nitro. And I went to the next episode. I, I did a little bit of digging. And I found out that this match, this show, was actually Chris Benoit's last WCW appearance. So, uh, yeah, about that being on Nitro tomorrow. <laughs> Psych. I didn't know that this actually was Chris Benoit's last show. And the fact that the series, the way that the series of events happened just blows my mind, right? Because the original matches that we were supposed to have on this car were supposed to be Chris Benoit versus Jeff Jarrett for the United States Heavyweight Championship and Sid Vicious versus Bret Hart for the world belt. So then Bret and Double J go down with an injury, and both belts have to be vacated. Fuck the U.S. belt. We're not concerned about that. In regards to the World Heavyweight Championship, though, we now have Sid Vicious versus Chris Benoit. Kind of a a screwy finish to, to the end of the match, as I said before, but whatever. Benoit is your new heavyweight champion of the world. So the fact that Benoit wasn't even in the World Championship match, he then got added had a screwy finish to the match, wins the belt, and then still walks out on the company only to show up a couple of weeks later on WWF TV just boggles my fucking mind. That is the biggest fuck you 
like all just what the most disrespect. <laughs> like that shit is wild. Nevertheless, overall as a whole, this is my first WCW pay-per-view that I've watched in 2000 and what a way to start. <laughs> Especially that finish. Oh my gosh. WCW, it, this is only the, the third episode that I've watched of just content from WCW in 2000. Uh, as I, I've mentioned before, I've watched the two Thunder episodes and now I'm here with Sold Out. WCW was on something else in 2000. This booking, this entire card was just bonkers. Majority of it didn't really have anything noteworthy to talk about. And a couple of good moments here and there. But the matches overall, at least to me, felt meh. The matches that actually were pretty good, though, that I actually would recommend that you watch, Chris Benoit and Sid was actually pretty good, aside from the screwy finish. Saturn versus Kidman was also real fucking good. Kidman should have had the, the damn moon shoes. They should have just took the rocket and just took his ass all the way to the top. Kidman, he, he should have at least been a tag champ in WCW. And yeah, eventually he has a, a, the tag team championships in the WWE. I forgot who he was with. I think it was Paul London. But Kidman should have had a lot more gold than he did in WCW. And the fact that he really only had... The, the Cruiserweight Championship reign is criminal. And surprisingly, if I had to recommend a third match, DDP and Buff Bagwell was also really, really good. Kevin Nash and Funk was fun, but it wasn't anything to ride home about. Kidman and Saturn, DDP and Buff, and Benoit and Sid were the top matches on this card. Damn near by a miracle mile. But overall, as a whole, the show really was a fun watch. And I'm curious as to what the next pay-per-view is going to be. And I'm honestly ready to get back into the Thunder episodes. But that is going to do it for this episode of the Wrestle Ramble. If you have made it this far, I thank you kindly very much. You keep the lights on here in the studio, and I appreciate your stinking cute face. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much for listening. We will see you all on the next episode of the Wrestle Ramble podcast. That'll be coming out very, very soon because I have actually had just the greatest of times watching these WCW shows, especially considering that I was too young to, to watch it. And pretty much around the time I did start watching wrestling, WCW was already out of business. So I've been having a lot of fun going back and watching these shows. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, I might go back and look at some TNA stuff here in a little bit, but we might be saving that for season two. Who knows? Who knows? But TNA in 2010 definitely is going to be talked about here because th the boys were on a molly back then. That shit was crazy. But I have taken enough 
uh, enough of your time. I'm just rambling on at this point. But hey, that's why this show is called The Wrestle Ramble. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much for listening. And we hope to see you all in the next episode of The Wrestle Ramble Podcast.